Hello and welcome to Into the Dark, the podcast right here in the OGS Network studio. My name is Brad Heath. We got a great one for you tonight. Chuck Cooley is our guest. We're going to dive into a lot of stuff with Chuck. A very interesting life, an artist, musician, a guy that's uh, been around the block a few times, and, and we're going to get into a lot of topics with Chuck tonight. Before we do, though, I want to uh, thank our sponsor tonight, the BrattLegacyFilms.com people, Brat Legacy Films. Go check them out. They, ha they have a documentary coming up, uh, going to be released later this year or maybe early 2024 about the uh, life of military brats and what those people grow up to, to become and do with their lives after um, being uh, raised in the military. BrattLegacyFilms.com. Go check them out. In fact, uh, John Schwab is an executive producer on this film. Uh, John is the, if you watch the Jack Ryan series, he is Director Miller, CIA Director Miller in that. So go go check that out. And uh, check them out, BrattLegacyFilms.com. And real quick, just some housekeeping stuff. Aaron the Baron got this to me the other day. 2022 numbers are in. We are the top. We're in the top 30% of Spotify podcasts as the most uh, shows shared globally. That's a big deal. We love our fans around the world. Um, USA, Canada, Germany, Costa Rica, UK. Those were the top top five. Sweden, South Africa, Australia, Portugal, New Zealand. And Japan, Konnichiwa, Japan. We love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Um, something else too: fifty-three percent growth in 2022. Fifty-three percent on our audience. Number of followers that we picked up. That's fantastic. And as always, you can find us Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Anchor, Google Podcasts, anywhere you get your your shows. Be sure and like us. Be sure and share it with your friends and share us to your social media. All right. Here we go, Chuck Cooley, artist, musician, just a general badass all around. Oh, yeah, I try to be. There have been times I got knocked down. <laughs> so, so a little background here. I actually covered a uh, event here in Oklahoma called Rocklahoma. They bring in, they bring in a ton of uh, artists, musicians, bands, and it's really a big festival. It's become one of the bigger, most popular ones in the country, and. Uh, Chuck and his band was was uh, performing there. I got to shoot it for uh, Twisted South Magazine. Shout out to, to Zeke Lofton, the uh, creator. Zeke is actually married to the daughter of uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, who just recently passed. Wow, I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, and Zeke. Oh, Zeke. I know Zeke. Yeah, Zeke yeah, got yeah, in yeah. touch with me, and he's like, man, let's, let's do this thing. So I got to do a lot of cool stuff with them. And cover you at Rocklahoma, playing playing Rocklahoma. That was pretty cool. That was the first year I played there. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. But that was the uh, second main stage. That was a, that was a we had a whole tour set up to, to go through all Texas and over in Louisiana, and they one hundred four point five got a hold of me and said, "Hey, uh, you want to play Rocklahoma? Are you asking that?" Yeah, I, I mean, it's pretty rhetorical, isn't it? Yeah, I, 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 I played for free anyway. So, <laughs> well, let's 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 start. Let's go back. Let's go back in time here, Chuck. I want to I want to learn more about you, and I want our our listeners to uh, to learn about you, and to certainly go check out your music. We'll get to all that. All right. But uh, where where did you grow up, and and uh, did you come from a, a musically inclined childhood? Uh, yeah, but well, yeah, kind of sort of. My dad's a singer songwriter, and he's a guitarist, and was a, was a preacher, 
and because that's kind of what I do on stage in a, in a hellish kind of way. And and uh, and, and then uh, my mom was a singer, and uh, the, they both didn't. They learned. She was a taught, and he was the thirteen-year-old kid back in the forties and fifties that knew how to play. Yeah. And he played in his dad's band, and, and so he he was a songwriter, and, and that was always that uh, what fascinated me. He would always put us to bed when he would do that. He didn't want us up because it was distracting. And but I'd hear him down at the end of the hallway, you know, wherever we lived at, and he'd be plucking away and then writing. I'd, I'd sneak down, look around the corner, and see him uh, writing and like fighting with something, you know. And he was trying to get it out, and and sometimes I mean it was he would cry, you know, and it was painful stuff he was releasing. And then in a few days, he would pull us out and sit us on from it and test the song on us. If we, li if we liked it, he would never play it again. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> true, it's true. You guys were the measuring stick, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If we, oh, yeah crash like that one, we're moving on to the next one. Yeah, 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 yeah. He was just really freaky about, I think, people, um, he, he had some incidents with, some famous artists. I, uh, he, I mean, I grew up with Brooks and Dunn and Gary Busey all sitting in the house and jamming with my dad recording and stuff. And they'd always run us outside so we couldn't be in there. Yeah. And uh, man, but he, uh, he, they, you know, Christopher, uh, Chris Christopherson and Christopher Cross both, he worked with them. And so I kind of, I, I got to be around a little bit, you know, but it was a, a very, he, he, when I asked him to play, your hands are too small. You don't want to spend 10 years of your life in a bar or smoky right, bar. Right. He was wrong. Yeah, I love I, lo I love the the big stages as much as I do those little stages. As long as they're crowding for me, I I'm going to play my heart out. You know? yeah. And so uh, that's the one thing. Him and my mom both had dreams to be somebody like that. But then you know I came along, you know, and so uh, and that put a stable in things for them. Because back then it was a pipe dream. You might be able to make it today. It's, mm -hmm. it's just as hard. Yeah. But but it's it's acceptable now. You know. Mama want to be a rock star. <laughs> no, right. Go out and get your real job. Right. They probably still say that, but not very often, because you yeah. you never know what you got in front of you. Yeah. You know. So, um, so I took their dreams. I felt like I kind of took their dreams away from them, because they were unhappy the whole time we were together. And so, uh, it's I mean they fought constantly, and 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 so I just felt like uh, I'm going to learn how to play, and I'm going to go out and make their dreams come true through me. Mm. And then one day I did that, yeah. and they were both there to witness it. Wow. When I was winning my first awards, if I break down, forgive me. Because <laughs> uh, I, I, when I go back into my mind, I, I'm there again. Oh, of course. Yeah. So, uh, so um, uh, when I won my first award, it was at Canes. And, man, they set that place up just like you're at the Grammys. Mm -hmm. It was Red Carver News Network. It, it, was, it was an awesome thing because mm -hmm. it was uh, the first time they'd ever had the absolute best of Tulsa and uh, the Abbott Awards. And... Uh, it was cool to win the best live and best uh, hard rock metal band, which we weren't really, I don't know, we were four metalheads that played hard, hard acoustic guitars. Yeah, know? right. But we weren't in the metal thing. I mean, we, we were, but just not, not in that band. It was more of a, a music about song and structure right. and, and about a heart, you know, yeah, and passion. Yeah. And so, you can cool. tell that from the from the lyrics for sure. Yeah, well, that, yeah, those are uh, where they come from. I have no idea. <laughs> we're gonna get into that too. Yeah, yeah. I, I, uh, so my my parents, man, uh, they were a big influence. Yes, they were. Uh, even though they didn't get to do it a whole lot around me, it just and maybe that was because they didn't that I I, I Jones for it so much. Yeah. It's been my number one high is to to be being on stage. I'm in my element. Yeah. And so that's where I need to be as much as possible. Growing up, who? Who did you listen to? Who who kind of influenced you early on in life? Uh, Kiss number one, Elvis. That's he's number one. Then Kiss, because uh, Elvis is you know 
he had the manly voice, you know, right. he'd sing like, you know, sissy. He was a, uh, so Black Sabbath, you know, of course, you know, uh, even Linda Ronstadt, man, my mom listened to her a lot, so I listened to her a lot, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, James Taylor, you know, uh, the list goes on, man, it, it goes on, you know, oh, all yeah. the way up to yeah. Twisted Sister, as the years go on, I mean, Dio and, and, you know, Anybody had a message, pretty much. Tom Petty. I mean, I loved, I loved him. Well, you know, you mentioned Tom Petty. He, he, uh, he said that his the whole reason he got into music was because of Elvis. He, he saw Elvis. Yeah. And he said, "That's what I want to do," and yeah. that's why he got into it. Yeah, and, and of course, Ozzy. I mean, I mean, I don't listen to much Ozzy. I don't listen to much stuff on the radio unless my mm-hmm. wife's listening to it. Mm-hmm. I listen to more obscure bands nowadays. You know, yeah. So. You know they're they stay under the radar. They're they're there, but they're never going to be a superstar. Mm-hmm. They're always yeah. going to be right there on the top of the underground. And so right. that's where I kind of maintained my uh, level. Yeah. I, I've had so many opportunities to go and sign, and and I've been signed twice, and it was it was great, and it put my name around the world, which is great because that band is controversial, and people still don't think they think they know what that band was about, and they still never asked us right. if we were this or that. They just assumed, and we let, we allowed that until. As you know, my band Berserker, we got known for some crazy, you know, uh, from neo-Nazi calling, call to racism, mm, yeah. and, and and so and I have no problem talking about it because no one's ever heard me shout any absurd thing at anybody ever. Right, right. I mean, but maybe other white people, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but but that band is still making their way to. It's still selling albums today. Somebody's marketing. I mean, making for 27 years that. They've now took us to vinyl, which back what, to vinyl, yeah. Which, which that's like a, getting a gold record, yeah. Especially when yeah. you got somebody from Germany calling you and going, "Hey, man, I know you don't know me, and I'm not going to tell you my real name, nor will you see a picture. But will you okay me putting your stuff on vinyl?" Uh, yeah. <laughs> What's my cut? He goes, "Well, this," and I said, "No, this." He goes, "All right, cool." The guy never met him in my life, but he sent me exactly what I asked. And, wow. Uh, and old Germany. <laughs> well, you know, yeah. it's interesting because the music biz. I mean, since it started, has always been a little shady, and 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 it's always been one of those where if you're not really watching out for number one, somebody else is. And... The, the whole Elvis story, period. Oh yeah, yeah. The, yeah, the Colonel was a, a con man, and just just watching that that new movie was really really great. Well, I probably wouldn't have watched it if it hadn't been for Lisa Marie, bless you know, rest in peace. But right. she uh, seen something her talking about drugs, and I was reading about about her her son had killed himself. And he was a really bad uh, yeah. pill, you know, like Elvis was. Yeah. And she said, I saw the new movie and I wish that my son was alive so he could have seen what, what his grandpa went through. Right. You know, because she goes, that's the first time they ever got it close to right. And, and, the, and, and the actor that, that, that played him. Didn't uh, even look like him, but, but it's still, though, he takes you, you're there. If you close your eyes and listen, oh, it's yeah, pretty darn great, close. He did I mean, a great he's, job. And yeah. he's still, I've kind of heard or read that he's still trying to get over some of that Elvis accent that he's, oh, yeah, that he's brought out, especially but, when you when you see mad Elvis mad in that because you know I, I got look I got I'm an Elvis collector and I, I've got every movie mm-hmm. on DVD VCR I mean I, I all the records man I got from a, the little bell at the, the you know car what was it the the hop shoes uh, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I even with pictures of you know Elvis <laughs> on that. a block of glass ice that you know I just got everything on you ever been to Graceland uh, yes I have been I've, and I've been to Sun Studios and to see that, there I got I got high on that. Yeah. Leaving Sun Studios and hearing all that information they give you yep. about, you know, his there's his his first suit he wore and his guitar and his handle he broke he wrapped in chicken wire and you see all that stuff in the movies, yep. but when it's right there you're like, Whoa yep. and then you hear his first song. 
Yeah. And that that and how he managed to get recorded, how he conned that lady yeah. and lied to her. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. And, to get in there and then you know then just uh, Sheila Bill Street in Memphis, amazing place, man. Yeah, I, I, my, my boys Josephus and the George Jonestown Murderers are they're from there, and they're one of the greatest bands around, punk yeah. rock bands. And, yeah. and I always want to go over there and play, and he's like, dude, you want to come here. <laughs> and you know what's strange about World Real Quick is how he has that song, In the Ghetto, mm, and yeah. how, how his mansion is the only thing worth anything over there right. that sits right in the middle of the ghetto. Yeah, yeah. Isn't that trippy? I mean, yeah. that's, yeah. Yeah, and he's caught in some heat. Um, I know, you know, late 80s, early 90s, there were you know, rap artists and different people that were throwing some shade his way because of, you know, how he lived his life and, and this, that, and the other, for whatever reason. I always thought it was a little unfair. Yeah. Um, his his influences were, were mainly black artists. Yeah, yeah, and that's all he's ever said. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I mean, they thought he was black when they heard what people right. were him. Yeah. I mean, it's, I think it's, that's an awesome thing. Yeah. I, 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 one thing about, uh, I don't understand all the, you know, why people can't just get along, you know. Yeah, yeah. Why, why they have to see through such an adolescent mind and how these people that have those adolescent minds, how they have a voice, but everyone does. Right. And usually the liars are the ones on top winning. Yeah, right, right. Well, did your did your parents, did they influence you or push you a certain direction or did they just hands off and let you go at it? Well, you know, that's the, that's the, the part of it. They, did, they didn't really support any of that. They really didn't even know because they kind of pushed me outside the house before I was even old enough mm. to really do anything. I ended up in prison when I was 17 mm. in Texas. And uh, that was a, was a long road of uh, eight years in prison, but uh, bouncing from prison back to street back, you know. Mm. Uh, prison ended up being my home. Yeah. And that's where I found myself. And that's yeah. where I got educated. And I, I finally stopped and got my GED while I was in there. Thank God for the, the little old lady that was in there that pushed me to do it. And, yeah. And uh, I can't remember her name, but I got that, and the doorways opened up in my mind, and, and I wanted to learn more, so I got into Votech trade. I got a building maintenance and small engine repair to Votech trades. And then I went to college while I was in there, and I got a degree in philosophy and psychology. This, these two things are probably what have kept me out of prison for 31 years, mm. as of just a few days ago. Wow. Yeah, so, I mean, uh, how I've stayed out, well, I watched all my friends, but one other guy I knew that we grew up, he stayed out. And he said, Chuck, you're my inspiration. I mean, he, he goes... You went out and did everything you said you're going to do. Not everything yet, but yeah. we're getting there. I, I got, you know, I've, I've accomplished. I've never been about money, so uh, that's probably where I messed up. Because as you get older, you think, ah, oh, I need money, man, to, to somehow somebody's going to have to take care of me if not. Right. You know, and I've got right. so many things people have profited on, and but I'm not really. I'm still, you know, it's about the message, and and, and I've got to watch this message that I've got to share with people evolve and change and grow. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I remember we used to saying for 30-some years that uh, everything's going to be all right and the best yeah. is yet to come. And I'm questioning behind the scenes, God, when is it going to be all right? right. Yeah, and sure. then one day, coming back from a small tour with just a solo tour with my drummer and my girl and a little groupie girl and in the van ride on the way back after this great week of being treated like kings and queens and, and taken care of. We, went, we left town with 50 bucks, two packs of cigarettes and a full tank hoping that we'd make it to Dallas for the first show so we could make enough money there to make it to the next show. Mm. And we did. And as we were coming home, all of us had our pockets full. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, what the heck? Yeah. And then that, in that moment, I was like, I pulled over to the side of the road and I said, hey, uh, this is going to be a corny moment. I couldn't, I couldn't even stop crying, so I had to get my shit together. And I said, you might, y'all have been listening to me all these years say it's everything's going to be all right and the best is yet to come. Well, I didn't want to pass it up and tell you 
it is all right. Yeah. We just kicked ass. The best just happened because we, we slayed that town. Yeah. You know, and and, and it was, uh, now I get to live in, I don't fight with demons anymore. I don't, mm. you know, people have addictions or whatever. It's, there's everything you can be addicted to, you know? Mm. I mean, there's, I mean, it's just learning how to manage how much you do something. Right. You know, yeah. and, or you'll burn out on it, you know, yeah, eventually. Sure. You know? and, and, and then you'll quit. <laughs> yeah. But most people, uh, just uh, never uh, really dig. They, there's so many people like just say in West Tulsa that I know that it's sad. Uh, I know over 372 girls, literally, that have lost their children to mm -hmm. to the life of drugs or to some guy they've chased into the streets and left their kids behind. Right. Parents got them or DHS. 372. Yeah. And only three. The ratio is just crazy. Three out of all those girls fought to get their children back. Wow. That's something that's like that's yeah. alarming to me. That's why yeah. I, I so every girl I meet like that says, "You should meet this other girl. Y'all should come bowling or something. You know, yeah. get together and have a color book club. You know, because right. that's the other thing is none of them can finish a page in coloring. My wife does circles around. She'll finish a whole coloring book. Mm, you know, yeah. 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 She her focus is so on. You know, and, and uh, but anyways, I, I, I'll get I'll get going on in different different directions there. So well, sorry. Yeah. but you brought up you brought up you know because the drug culture. And music has also always been there, and it's almost like a prerequisite to to go. You know, well, I've got to do this or that if I'm going to be in this band or go play this gig. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Uh, for me, to, luckily, I found this way through. Uh, most people, when they do start doing meth, we'll just say, uh, they stop growing right then, mm. and they recluse and they pilfer through everybody's shit, and they steal and they lie and they cheat and, and it makes them a different person. Oh, it, it makes them an evil person. Yeah. that's a that's a bad person. Right. Shady and not you can't count on them for nothing. But oh, they're gonna steal from me if I let them stay at night because mm. yeah. it's cold outside. And in my heart, I help everybody. We help, man. At this hotel that we live at, we we work there and we 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 help everybody. They, I mean, they, they, all hours of the night they're coming. We can't have a normal life because yeah. they're constantly coming. Because now they they all know about us there that will help people, and so they. I mean, some girls, it's the third time through the door and they need a backpack full of clothes because their stuff got stolen. And yeah. it's like, you were just here. Yeah. You know, it's the third time. What happened? Yeah. It got stolen last night. We just gave it to you last right. night, you know? Right. But they they uh, just, they have no full of need responsibility but to get, 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 get and lose. Yeah. And so for me, luckily I had music that, that how I kept writing the line was by every gig I have in front of me, I know that I got to be clean and straight at that gig. Yeah. And so... Uh, my grandpa told me, uh, dude, you got to map out your future. Mm. Set those goals and then have a destiny and get there, but don't celebrate yet. <laughs> you got still hard work ahead of you. Right. So like all these years I've been playing in the Tulsa scene and I've had some huge, massive parties that even shut down Freaker's Ball one time, you know, because mm. ours was bigger. We're like, they're not coming, but they're over there. So, well, y'all invited over here, you know, because mm. I, I was about that. I was a, it was a competition to me. And so making sure New Year's Eve had the, the right amount of balloons up there that we're going to drop in confetti. We're going to shoot the crowd with, you know, guns of confetti and stuff. I mean, yeah. we, it was about the excitement. And and uh, and so, that, I mean, I, I had to have that. I mean, it was just, I want people to have a good time when they come to the show. I want them to be a believer. If you can't believe in God, then believe in a good time. Because mm. that's up to you whether you have that or not. Yeah. So mapping out my future is, is uh, those shows kept me straight and they kept me good for the band. And so I just stayed focused on on managing my band that was my mm -hmm. job but my, my band they had all jobs they go to work 
and then my job was making sure that we had gigs that were caught as much as possible. And sometimes it pissed the band members off, you know. Sure. Because they would like a break, but right. you're getting a break. This is a break. <laughs> right. You get to right. just show up and be a rock star. I'm working my ass off. And to me, I never felt like a, when people talk back about a lot of the you know, parties and stuff that we used to have, the, the big shows, they're like, oh, those are the good old days. I'm saying, I haven't lived those yet. I'm sorry. Mm. I, I mean, that might have been your good old days, but that's those are just days I worked. Yeah. You know, because I had to make sure every bartender was happy, the yeah. owner was happy at the club, and then all the bands I'd bring from out of town, because I always bring Texas and regional bands. Yeah. And, and in fact, most of those regional bands today are now killing it and I don't turn to Europe and stuff like Thunder Rosa, Whiskey Dick, you know, Federation of Horsepower, the Heroin. These are all, you know, yeah. I hear, you know, Southern bands that are just killing it. And, yeah, with original music, and I'm jealous. Know, original sound. Yeah, yeah, original, yeah. original music. Uh, the heroin, if you've never checked them out, man, I advise anybody to. Uh, they won the they they, they won, they took second place at the Motley Crue Battle of Bands in L.A. They're from San Antonio. They call them the Kings of San Antonio too. But the heroin is not the drug, but it's the, the female hero. Hero and these these four Mexicans, Chicanos, and a white boy tear the stage <laughs> up they are i call them the gospel uh, the, the the gospel of rock and roll yeah they the singer is uh, he entertains you like you know james brown kind of charlie manson looking you know, guy yeah. Yeah. Who, who just he's got the pipes and the vocals and then he is a believer in god but yeah. he you won't know that right at first because yeah. you think he's just a crazy party and dude that might kill you later because he's, <laughs> right. he's crazy right, looking. right but he he dances and slides across and there's all those old school yeah. dances and and crazy shit with his microphone stand. I mean, I mean, man, he's he, and the band is just so full of energy and and it's rock and roll. It's yeah. Texas fueled rock and roll. I'm from Texas, so okay. that's Odessa, Texas, where I'm from. So. Oh yeah, out out west, the desert. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I remember I had to tell you that uh, we're touring Texas. We just wouldn't get hit by South by Southwest. We played the Rot Rally, which is the Republican Texas Biker Rally, which is one of the biggest rallies. Why they it doesn't is not more known. I have no idea because it's, it's bigger, it's just as big, if not bigger, than Sturgis. And it's downtown Austin. You'll see every kind of biker club there is, from the fat gay girl biker club to <laughs> right. to, to the skinny right. skinny black guy. Right, right, right. They're, they're all down there. Everybody gets along. They all man, it's uh, it all gets along. And 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 it's and it's and it's hot though. You know that's why they tear down the walls. And if you didn't ever been down to Sixth Street in Texas, their front walls drop off the uh the front of the bars and so they open up to the oh, streets yeah it was the breeze and because yeah. yeah, it gets hot down there man oh, yeah it's yeah. like Whoo, yeah. Hot. yeah 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 <laughs> i got family in texas but, uh, i got family in texas yeah. the whole life i was remembering i remember when we went to my hometown it'd been like 15 years since i've been there maybe 20 and so we're going to my hometown finally return there and they're going to get to see me as a musician i'm one of the guys that got away yeah. from odessa you know because that's the whole deal there is to get out of that town yeah, yeah. Uh, you know Get that hell out of there. Yeah, I, well, I've had a friend who was uh, from Odessa, John Carver. John ended up becoming a, uh, he and I were, we went to high school together in Arlington. And he and I were, uh, you know, skater punks in high school. And and uh, he ends up he ends up becoming a uh, corrections officer in Amarillo. And wow. he does he does twenty years with them up there. And recently oh. retired, but I hate Amarillo. Sorry. <laughs> oh man, that whole like Panhandle and West Side of Texas, man. No it's alcohol. Like, yeah, they're all all the alcohol sold out of town. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah well, it's crazy. just it's almost it's like, like now, but... hell on earth sometimes. Yeah. It's so hot over yeah. there, and, and the dust devils and shit. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah, watching a sandstorm is a trip too, man. It's like a, yeah. it's a whole other life there. Yeah. Oh yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's like uh, they always said in prison. Yeah, this is a whole different world in there. So the things that go 
on outside, or your beliefs may be out there, you might want to just leave them at the door. Right. Because things are going to change you in here. Yep. yep. You know, and so, uh, and it's still true. So the one that you get out of prison, you're just a whole different monster. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. It does create a different person, though. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Especially, I mean, just the, the, you're dealing with egos every day in there, mm -hmm. you know, and ego... To me, ego is something that you earn, mm -hmm. and uh, that's what I. When Tulsa gave me the uh, the, the biggest ego award, and I beat the mayor for it. I mean, that, that says something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I, and I didn't. I went from a guy that was like, "Oh, I'm just a loser. I'm a piece of shit. I'm gonna kill myself. You don't love me," you know, that kind of guy. To yeah, I'm the baddest motherfucker in this town. Right. You know, I am the eight-time champion, sixteen-time nominated. You know, Booker T or whatever. You know. Yeah. yeah and that right. was, and that's how I, I, I voted. Any award I got, I added it to why you should come see me. Yeah. Uh, me and my band, and, and you know, and though. I'm playing, I'm thinking, God, we suck, we could be better, we could be better. And, and now I go back and watch all the videos, I'm like, oh my God, why was I, why couldn't I have just relaxed? But, but isn't that what, isn't that what great artists do anyway? They always, there's always room for we, improvement, yeah, right? There's always, you can always yeah, be better. Yeah, and now I just want to ban, and as you get older, the, the younger guys aren't looking at you. <laughs> they don't give a damn where you've been, they have no respect for you, you know. Mm. It's kind of weird, uh, I, I, this is something I have about music, uh, is that this, uh, we grew up with cassettes and eight tracks and, and vinyl which had the soul of music in it absolutely until they made it digital and that butchered the soul mm. right out of it because yeah. because digital music is square blocks of information and they can put anything within those blocks right with brainwashing you know, you know whatever you know we got plenty of conspiracies but i believe that they have desensitized us so much that we don't even care whether there's any soul thank you uh, any soul in the music anymore and that's why if you try to talk to your teenagers today I mean, maybe it's always been that way. You can't really have a talk conversation with them because they're talking a different language. But now I, they don't even care what you have to say. Mm. I mean, mm. I, I've had five kids, and, and thank God they grew up with hearts and souls and, and, and strong, and, and all five of them were just killer kids. Yeah. And three of them are musicians, and I do photography and also journalism. I've written for a bunch of magazines, and my daughters, they do that at the end of it. So all of them... Have me in them, so you can't look right, at them going, right. oh, that's not a coolie right there." Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it's and they're all beautiful, and I'm proud of them. And they, they, uh, they have not needed me. I'm like, "Hey, you need me for anything?" You know? Yeah, like, yeah. No, Dad, we got it. What the hell, man? Yeah, yeah. Well, can I just not be your dad now because I'm home? <laughs> I mean, look, I, I've got three of my own, and and uh, you know they always tell you when you're growing up and you're giving your parents shit, you know they always tell you you just wait because one day. You're going to have kids, and then you're going to get it tenfold. I'm going to tell you that's bullshit. Because my three kids didn't didn't give me half as many headaches as I gave my parents. That's that's the truth. That's just we, you, you spoil your kids, and your, 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 our parents couldn't spoil us. <laughs> you're probably right. You're probably right. Well, you got our, our spoil was getting a belt to the ass. <laughs> yeah. Well, my, my old man, uh, you know, he, he passed away a few years ago, but... I mean, he was a hard charger. I mean, he was like an axe murderer running around, you know. And 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 you you look. I get I get all of my stuff from my mother's side. You know, she was like five foot, and you know yeah, he just, sees that, huh? And, and, and he's he's almost you know six two two thirty and a marine and and all of those things and that come with that and yeah he was uh yeah he was probably in vietnam so first to fight he was just yeah. you know he was always wound up and ready to go if you wanted to go he'd go that's how my dad was yeah my dad was a, he always reminded me of clint eastwood because he kind of looks like him so, <laughs> and he never which way to lose yeah, yeah. My, my dad was like you want to you want to fight boy come yeah, on come yeah. on outside he, i was like ah, no why are you taking your weapon off the belt? You know, oh, yeah, yeah, I always yeah. thought it was weird how there's a grown man in front of me with a weapon wanting to beat me. You know, <laughs> like yeah. Here's my here's my musical connection. I I guess 
My grandfather, his father, World War II vet, USS Enterprise, United States Navy, gets out, goes to work for E-Systems in Greenville, Texas, and starts a uh, bluegrass radio show at at uh, University of East Texas in Commerce. They just came out of nowhere, didn't they? <laughs> the Dave Heath Bluegrass Special. Hmm. And and he did this show for years, and he would put on festivals. He put on festivals in Hugo and, I mean, just all over this yeah. region. And that's wow. kind of what my dad was raised on, was that, that type of music. So, when, you know, when I was a kid, you know, it was always bluegrass and the older country and the outlaw country and yeah, yeah. The, all that kind of stuff. But he, he also loved rock and roll and bands like ZZ Top and, and people like that. So we always had, you know, that kind of music in the house. And uh, I was always interested in music. Not an ounce of talent for it, though. I mean, I couldn't pick up a guitar and play it if you, if you gave me 20 lessons. I mean, I'm always amazed at guys like you who... who, who go through that process to learn you know what's crazy is i, I i'm like they said always couldn't play but he, obviously he could could play piano and, and he wrote a lot of his lyrics yeah. he wrote it he wrote a lot of his songs which i didn't know that until here recently uh but i you know i know how to play uh, uh only because of my dad and, and, and watching him he's my hero and still his day i mean i haven't seen him in 30 years but we talk and when I hear him, uh, I can be so mad about something I've said, and I call him, and here he is in Georgia, and he's like, son, you know, it's just that I did. And he just, he knows right where I'm at and what to say. Mm. And he's the voice that's a phone call away, you know. Yeah. And, and he's, uh, I, though I don't get to see him, my, my dream is, my, I have a couple of little dreams in my life, and one of them is to just sit with him in a room and play with him, finally, because we've never got to play together. He's only yeah. seen me perform one time, yeah. and besides what he sees on TV or on the you know, internet, so... Uh, I mean, I specifically have the Tulsa the live stream here. They, you know, that goes worldwide. So I, I specifically book shows on there just so he can see me play. Right. <laughs> and right. he'll tell me afterwards. Oh yeah, it was great. It was great. It was, I was just wondering, what about this? You know, he's you know, he he'll question me. You know, yeah, it's like yeah. he knows what I just say. Keep the ego big. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I can I can tell you from from experience. You know, having having lost a, a father. You, you almost don't want to accept the reins of being, you know, the, the next guy up, you know, because the dad is always yeah. up here and you always feel like you're, up, you know, you're several steps below. That. Always under anything. Always yeah, there. absolutely. And then when they're no longer there, it's like, okay, now I'm yeah I'm next, basically, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm the guy now. But uh, yeah, it's great that you you can still reach out to him. Yeah, yeah, and my mom's the same way. Just, she lives in Eureka Springs, and so the, the, my family, uh, we're not, my brothers and sisters, we're all not real close, but we still we still have, you know, whatever respect and love for each other. Well, family's what you make it, right? I mean, yeah. you can have family members that, that aren't blood relatives. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, he never met my grandkids, and so uh, I was getting to go to Nashville here just recently, and I had an opportunity to go over there. And, and as you get fatter and older, your opportunities get really slim. Mm. And, yeah, and even as I used to play four to five times a week, and now I play once every couple of months. That's at least around here. Tulsa's probably burnt out. <laughs> mm. I haven't had a crowd in, in front of me in, in Tulsa in over 12 years till just the other night on my birthday bash for the first time. Uh, it was a great man. It was a great night. And the bands I had come play for me and with me, it was like, uh, it was, it was just great. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I needed that in Tulsa because everywhere else I go, I got, we got a crowd, and and I, I can whether I'm solo or with a band, people like it with a band, of course. But 
you come see my solo show, it's it's a uh, it's completely all passion. I mean, I hate it because I had to play guitar the constantly the whole time. I want to entertain, right? And so I can't. And so and I could get another guitar player, but you know I've had some of the best guitar, the best guitar players that it's kind of hard to do, replace some of these guys because these they're so so good at what they do, and taking lesser is just like cheating yourself. You yeah. Know? So yeah. I you know I don't want to blame someone else for not being good enough. So. My wife, she uh, stepped up to the plate and never played in a band in her life. And she watches me. She knows all my songs better than I do. Uh, <laughs> she knows all my lyrics. I have to look at her and say, watch, you know, right. watch my songs, you know. <laughs> What's the lyrics of the next one? She'll tell me, you know. Yeah, but yeah. she gets out. She grabbed a harmonica one day and just started playing with me. I'm yeah. like, in a Tom Petty kind of fashion, real simple, sweet. Yeah. And I was like, you're never going to be good enough to, you know, play with me. And so we're down in Texas and it's a big show, at one of the big Fort Worth clubs there. And we got Whiskey Dick with us and, and Hillbilly Orchestra and Dank. These three bands are like legendary in Dallas, Fort Worth area. Yeah. And uh, I said, look, I'll let you get up on stage and play that, that Faster Pussycat song, uh, House of Pain. If you pull it off and you can make that guy from Whiskey Dick come down here and, and say something to you afterwards, you can stay on stage with me from now on. I'll be damned if he, he comes up crying to the stage. I've never seen a female harmonica player. Come to find out, there's only like eight in the world. Wow. Yeah, and, and uh, four of them we just found. So forever we thought she was the only one. Everywhere we go, does anybody know? Everywhere, I mean, everywhere we played. Yeah. And, yeah. and no, one, no one knew. Never, so, yeah. so it was a cool little uh, what, what gimmick that we yeah, had. Right, right. She sings back up with me too, and she, she plays percussion. Yeah. And she never did any of that yeah. before, but now she like just... In a year's time, uh, well, it's been a few years now, but within a year of just hanging out with me, she was the only one that would jam with me for I a think, while. I think Flogging Molly has a female accordion player. Oh, that's kind of interesting. Yeah. yeah. I've never yeah. seen that either. Right. Yeah. Right. It's, well, it's, it's, we, I saw them at Kane's and I was... Uh, they're badass too. I like I was impressed. Yeah. Yeah. It was great. Are they even together anymore? I, I think so. I think so. It seems like every year around st patrick's day i see that they're playing somewhere it's like the misfits they only played on halloween yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they, well, which and i think the original lineup just played in dallas did they not or is that coming up i don't know yeah i think the original lineup's actually getting I, back together there's so many bands out there today man and it's like you like sand down in austin uh there's so so many killer bands there and, and, that, and by the way that's where a lot of people like uh all those bands like M.O.D. Method of Destruction or, 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 or Junkyard or Little Caesar or Dangerous Toys, these are all bands that made it right up to the radio and they were playing, had some songs, but they never sold out completely and went, to, you know, as Poison or whatever. Right. You know? And so all those guys are from all over the U.S. They all go to Austin because down there they have a, a union. They have they have attorneys strictly for musicians. Wow! Yeah, but yet none of them know about each other's new band. Yeah. There's so many bands, yeah. and I'm like, how could you not know about this band over here? They all are like in the same town. Right. You play on the same block. Right. How could you know? Because there's so many. So and many. When I played South by Southwest, and I realized it, if you go to a cover band show here in Tulsa, you'll see like so Sweating Bullets. They pack it out almost every fucking time. Yeah. Every time they they'll be packed out, and uh, but the crowds. All these kids, all these people that they grew up with and went to high school with, mm -hmm. still. So every weekend when people get to go out, they go back to high school, mm -hmm. you know, and they're in that moment where they're playing That's a house party, yeah. and the people are just talking and hanging and they're dancing and yeah. they're having a good time, but they're not paying attention to the band because they've heard those songs a thousand times. Yeah. And on the way to work in the morning, at lunch, and on the way home, 
Yeah. And then, all right, let's go to the bar. And then there, their songs are being played again. So yeah. they're, they're being conditioned to hear the same stuff. Well, you couldn't one of our shows. You've never heard of all these songs before, but I'm going to tell you a little story about them right before. So now you have an idea what this song's about. So if that story related to you, you're going to get it. Yeah. With along with the incense that I'm burning, that's kind of brainwashing you, because because <laughs> you don't you know there's nothing worse than having guys that show up to your show that want to fight, and all because they're pissed off at their boss or their family mm -hmm. life isn't going yeah. the way. You, you know, know how to chill them out. Yeah. Well, <laughs> take ten people uh, and walk them through, uh, send them into Starship. They all come out with the same look on their face. Oh, I think I'm going to get high, <laughs> or or right. something, because they're happy. Because yeah. they, they, Starship conditions you when you walk in there. Yeah. You're in the rocks, a record shop. You know the, the yeah. coolest one on the planet, by the way. Yeah. And in, in Tulsa, Oklahoma, it's the coolest record shop ever. Yeah. It, the old yeah. one was really cool, but I love the, the, the new space. Yeah, the yeah. old. Yeah, they needed a new space. And they got they, they got those guys Brian in there and all the Brad and all, all those people that you've seen all these years. Yeah. And they, they, yeah. they don't age. So it must be the vinyl. They rub it on their skin or something. You know, <laughs> Tulsa's always been pretty unique for 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 music venues. For uh, you know, you mentioned Starship. I know you know a couple of new ones. Josie Records, Boulevard Trash here in Tulsa. Yeah, I was wondering. I was wondering about this place. I've seen the, the titles of places, but I don't I don't get out much anymore. So yeah. I, I, well, Boulevard Trash is really interesting. Um, they have a lot of vinyl. A lot of it is more. Uh, punk, cool. alternative kind of awesome. stuff. That's awesome too. Um, which is which is right up my alley. But um, yeah. they sell all kinds of shirts. You know, shirts, yeah. uh, action figures, the merchandise. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they got all kinds of stuff in there. Um, you should come to. Yeah, we'll but there's nothing like Starship. I mean, there's not. I have people that come through the bands that come through. Like uh, you know, they, I give them a place to stay. I make sure they're fed. Make sure they make some money, and they make sure they have a crowd in front of them. Well, I haven't been doing that a lot lately, but the, all the bands that I did up till you know. 10 years ago, uh, every one of them I'd take in my Starship. Dude, every single one of them yeah. like would freak out. Like, where does it what we didn't, we didn't make a place like this home. And so this <laughs> band called Archie Bunker, uh, they uh, they loved it so much they went home and made an Archie's Rock Shop. Because they, they, they've partied with all the stars and, and, and everybody. So they have like, you have, you have a Pantera poster. And usually, maybe you have one signature on it. Mm. Not them. They, they know. They know those guys. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. They're like, sign that shit now. You know. Right, so right. they got like all four signatures, and, and they got them framed for you. And you can go buy this sign. That they and they can tell you a story behind yeah. it. Luckily, I had all that too. I, I, I got influenced by them. I was wanting to do that too. So until last Thanksgiving, they uh, crooks broke into our storage mm. unit and, and got me for twenty-seven years of. Swag. I mean, I had all yeah. Springs towels, Mighty Mighty Boston's old shoes. I, right, <laughs> yeah, right. I had all kinds of museum in there. Yeah, yeah, well, you come to our hotel room, people freak out when they walk in there. Well, it's you, like that. You mentioned Pantera; they're headlining Rockwell. I saw that, and I'm yeah. so. But a lot of people, you know, they're. I don't understand the whole. I mean, I, I know Dimebag. I, I played his club twice. Mm -hmm. The only band outside the state of Texas to ever play Dimebag's club because he was all about his local scene. Right. And uh, but I helped so many bands from down there in DFW uh, that he, they they asked to have me on. And being I was from Texas, that helped too. Yeah. And so I I got to meet him and hang out with him. And he man, he was. You want to hang out with this rock star, which he is yeah. was, and but he 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 gets you right. He's down on your level. He's yeah. a fan too, you right. know. And right. so he was like, uh, they used to have that saying, "What would Jesus do?" I always say, "What would Dimebag do?" Yeah. Because, because Dimebag, he would be, let's be a jackass about this. Let's have a good time. Let's get tore up, you know. Right, right. And so I knew his, you know, I, I got to play the tattoo bar, which is one of the coolest things ever. It was just a shotgun bar, but man, they, you know, they had the bad sound man. They had it. when you played there, if you weren't good, you, they would know it. Yeah. And so the, 
to have those guys all walk out in the middle of our set. The second time we got invited back it was like intimidating. Mm -hmm. It was crazy. Because yeah. they all walked out and they stood like this on the back, staring at us. And I was like, oh, they're, they're here, guys. Right. Like a little kid, you know. Right. And then they, you know, it was pretty cool. I, it, the whole the whole thing, though, with everything that's going on right now with them, people don't think they should use the name. And Well, that's two of the original members. That, right. And they got two guys that grew up. They all grew up in the music business together. Yes. And, and and if anybody truly knew Dime, they would know that he would be, he's up there like drinking, but just going, this is awesome. I don't even have to play. <laughs> I, I swear in like 88 or 89, I went to a house party in Arlington, Texas, and they played. That's where he's from. I yeah. Mean, I, I'm. That's probably your. I'm yeah. Almost a hundred percent that that's who that was at that time. Probably with with the other guy singing that. But but being just a dumb teenager, I wasn't. Yeah. You know, I wasn't really in tune with what was going on. I was more. I was too concerned about chasing the girls. And probably me. everyone else was like that too. Yeah. yeah. yeah it was just yeah. a cool band, local band. You know. Right. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah. When they were glam, probably still then. Yeah yeah, yeah. 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 It was. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first singer. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's talk about the mantra of fist raised high. Oh wow, <laughs> that has grown, has it? Because yeah, <laughs> yeah. everybody say, it. and it's the way I spell it too. Because uh, a lot of people always uh, oh, English majors or something after my ass. That's not how you spell Ray. Even my dad, he's like English teachers. Yeah, my dad was even son. That's not how you spell Ray. That's what that means is like a rocket ship taking off. Exactly. What happens when Rocky wins a mat or any champion conquers a mountain? Yeah. They stick their hands yeah, up as, as a champion. Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what a champion looks like. Yeah. And so when you raise your fist high, it means you're a champion in life. Uh, or you just got your ass knocked out. And the one thing you want them to know is I'm not down for the count yet. Yeah. And so the first thing that comes up is your fist from the, your back. You know? Well, they, and, they and cart somebody off the football field. Yeah. That's what they do. They, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And yeah. It's, see, it has a strong thing. I never thought of it like that. But yeah, that's it has a strong thing. And for a long time, people thought because I was and this band, Berserker, they thought that was some kind of racist thing. I'm like, no, man, it's just for a universal thing. I, I sing soulful enough to know that, you know, uh, I grew up, I went to Central High School uh, when I moved up here from Texas, and, and I, I grew up, all my friends were blacks. Mm -hmm. And and I, I even hate saying the, the word color, any color, because as long as they keep color involved in the, the conversation, yeah. Then it's racist. Yeah. From both parts, haters hating haters, you know, and so so. Sure. Anyways, so the fist raise high, man, is is it, it's kind of spawned from all that kind of stuff. But it's mostly for if you're a winner, then you're gonna you're gonna relate. Yeah. And so I, I say I say fist raise high, saluting you, or fist raise high till the day I die, and because that's just part of. I got it, and also um, professional wrestling. I was I was involved in that stuff, and and and. Those guys go out there. Those are some legitimate tough guys. Mm, yeah. they, they give you a show, uh, getting beat the hell up. And a lot of them guys can probably kick win every night. But they, what do they do? They they take beatings by guys that are lesser, and they come back out with no ego change or nothing. Yeah, they, they, it's like as if they didn't lose. Yeah. To me, that's that's the keep on keeping on, fist raised high kind of that. And so I, I look at things as uh, some you know. You, sometimes you're going to be the bad guy, and sometimes you're going to be the good guy. I've got an uncle that promoted wrestling in Texas. Oh, yeah? Yeah, oh, Jason, yeah. Jason he, yeah. yeah. He was a promoter down there, did a lot of shows. But, yeah, you're right. I mean, that, that, whole, that whole mantra is really something that I think... Uh, whether you wanted to or not, it's it's latched on to you. And I just have these quotes that I say kind of like wrestlers do, and, and I, I kind of mix those two worlds together, yeah. and, and, and which they, you know, Stone Cold kind of did that with Black Label Society. They, sure, that's when sure. they brought them on, brought those metal bands on over. Now you see them; they're all through it. So. Yeah, yeah, and it's, it's awesome. Yeah. Let's let, let's talk about. Um, I'm gonna bring somebody up here to you because I know she's she's special to you as well. 
Let's talk about this young lady right here. Oh, yes. Kimberly. I'm about to cry. Kimberly Freeman from One-Eyed Doll. Yeah. Uh, I actually interviewed her for Twisted South Magazine, and she has an incredible story. Oh, her story is right there. Yeah, she is awesome. Uh, she, uh, man, she did something for me. Uh, we both at the same, in the same year, at the same time, won seven awards for our, you know, for what we do in music and uh, and uh, in video. Right. And she, uh, man, yeah, she's a she's a amazing person. Um, yeah. Uh, I mean, she left her toothbrush at my house, and we, we put it in a glass bottle. You know? <laughs> yeah, Part of that music. I think it was, yeah, it was old sock and everything. Yeah. But she, uh, totally different person off stage. Get the same. You know? Sure. But yeah. when, when she's at your house, she's so relaxed and so cool. Uh, and you, when you see her on stage, you think she's going to be really tall when you meet her the first time, and she's not. She's just a little bit. But you right. go with a big reach, you know. Yeah. And so, she's, yeah. And she's doing it, man, her way. And and she uh, but she did something for me that it woke up a lot of bigger rock stars. Uh, to my, I had cancer, tumor in my brain, and I had nine months left to live. And she, uh, along with, you know, Gypsy and, and Jet Beam, these two guys from Texas and Oklahoma here, my manager and best best friend, and the, my brother in Texas, they took these two big benefits and and they raised. Oh my God! I you know, have you ever ever thought about what your funeral might look like with people there? Mm. Uh, I know that my haters are going to be there, you know. And so, uh, and I love them too because without them. They keep my name going. They push you too. Well, it's not my fame; it's their fame for me. Yeah, yeah. You know, once they stop talking, then I'm no longer famous. So, right. so I, I keep giving them reasons. <laughs> mm, yeah. uh, just tell them the truth, and boy, they run with that. Yeah, those uh, man, it's crazy. So, uh, with her, Kimberly, um, she had just released her solo uh, CD, and she gave like a, a massive amount of it. Uh, the people went and downloaded it and got a percentage of that, like near a thousand dollars or something. Mm. She threw it. Uh, over into the pile mm -hmm. and man it opened up all the a lot like a lot of cats that i really dig dig her uh they got turned on about me through her, her yeah. will to help me and right. so they helped out yeah and yeah. here i am and now i got heroes you know coming to my door and helping me so, yeah yeah so rex brown from pantera you know uh, uh dax riggs from acid bath you know uh, these are these are bands that are well known yeah. you know uh, my my number one hero guitar player is Big Chris Gates from Junkyard, and mm. to have him call me up one day, hey, this is Big Chris Gates, you know, I was like, I hung up on him. Miss Cooley, this is yeah, right. He called well, back, <laughs> just like a rock star movie. I was like, hey, they got that from my life, because uh, he's like, he calls me back, Miss Cooley, this is serious business right here. I don't like waste my time like this. You're not gonna take me serious. <laughs> he got on to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, a couple yeah. Of, about fifteen hours later, he's standing right there in my, my storage unit with me. <laughs> well, it's not surprising because. You know, people like Kimberly Freeman. If you know anything about her story and what what she went through as a child, and she's crazy. And she, she is that. There's that level of her, her. If she looks crazy and she sounds crazy, because she is. Yeah, she yeah. don't think she, she's not that person that she's been on stage. That's just a little girl and the psycho mixed right, together, right. and she knows how to channel that in a, in a creative way to rid herself of those demons. Absolutely, yeah. she knows um, she knows when and how to turn it off and on. And yeah, uh, you know, when I got an opportunity, it took to a while. Her, it took a while for her. Sure. <laughs> and, uh, well, Austin's got some crazy stories. About her. Oh, I, yeah, I but bet. That's but, what makes her so her, though. Yeah, but it's not surprising to me that she was so willing to help out. Yeah, oh you know? no, yeah. yeah. She, man, and, and every now and then we'll touch base, hey, what's up, you know. But she's like, I don't know what's up with her now. I don't think one Adele's together anymore. No, right now. Yeah. But I don't know what she's doing, but I hope whatever she's doing, it, it's. Well, that's cool. You, 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 I didn't. Oh, yeah. I didn't see that one coming. You kind of sucker punched me. <laughs> I did. It was a good I sucker did. punch. I set you up with that one. Yeah, because that, that woman there, man, I love her very much. I mean, I, I love all women, but she's one of those ones that 
took a stand and, right. and, and made a difference. Yeah. And she saved my life. And I'm alive 12 years here still. When you get that diagnosis, I mean, where, 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 where do you go mentally with that? Well, okay, you have to understand something. Most of my life I lived for, for self-destruction. Mm. I was addicted to self-destruction, not drugs or anything else, but to killing myself. Mm. And when you find that a couple of times and then that doesn't pan out, I just died three times, three ODs. And then I, so I, I cut my wrist mm. on the side of a highway in front of a girl that didn't barely know me. Mm. And a motorcycle cop and her saved my life. Mm. Why is this happening to me, God damn it? Right. And so, I, I mean, I just want to get the hell out of here. I don't care yeah. where I go, I, as long as it's not here, because I don't want to look at anybody with a heart. Because mm. uh, there's, you don't find that, you know, people are too scared to show that. So, then there's people like her that come along and, and change that, but and my, my Gypsy and, and, and my, you know, my, my, one of my very best friends. There's people that, and they're, they're far and in between, but at the time I was very unhappy when I got diagnosed with it, and they would help me. You have to have some kind of insurance to get that kind of thing taken Absolutely. out of your head. You gotta have money. So I just started finding happiness. And the demon, my band, the Demon Hammers, Chuck Lee and the Demon Hammers came around, and I started finding a freedom. And as I started making videos, I got to you know have these people, these actors come in and act out my life. And so they would ask, hey, we'll do this B shot before the actor gets here. Uh, work up that rig thing, do that thing with the needle and the spoon. I'm like, huh? Mm. Are, you, are you crazy? If I do that, I'm, after you leave, I'm gonna be looking for some. Yeah. He said, Chuck, quit being a pussy and just do it. Titus Jackson, he's a well-known uh, filmmaker around here. He's won his share awards too, great man. He's just do it, quit being a pussy. You quit, you said you quit, right? Well, yeah, you don't know how hard that was. But as I'm doing that, and he's filming it, I'm realizing I'm getting, I'm sharing my story with the world, not just now through this, this actor trying to act like me, but she did a great job, Rob Harris is his name. Uh, but I'm, I'm, I, I was, freedom came from it. And, I was, I was, and so the next eight years of my life, I, well, five of it, I carried this tumor and I, one doctor said it was a figure of my imagination. This big softball tumor that gave me a headache if I tried to lay on my back for three years. Yeah. Uh, it was bigger and bigger, it kept getting bigger, and it was, it was coming out of my brain. And so they, they um, it, if I had been unhappy and I had died, I wouldn't, wouldn't know any difference. Mm. But as I, I found happiness, and they were denying me, I just thought, man, at least I'm gonna die happy. Mm. That's all I could think about it. Yeah. Until the blood, you know, you're spitting up blood every morning and after every show, and that's how I got, they found, people found out about it. It was after a show, uh, like you would get, it had created a tail that went down, it looked like a baby alien that they mm. pulled out of my head. Yeah. They had to cut the tail off, it went down, it, it grew this thing around my spine. So it was, it was like, I couldn't grip my hands completely, I still can barely grip this one. But uh, when I would play, it felt like razors cutting through my fingers. Oh. So I, 45 minutes on stage, I'm like, I'm, I'm grueling through pain. And then afterwards, I'm, I'm rushing uh, from the, the reliving the story every night over and over. Yeah. And so I, I was finding myself in the bathroom just blood. And then one night, it got to the point where, well, my manager came in and said, what the hell? You, this place is covered in your fucking vomit and blood. What the hell's wrong with you? And I said, grabbed his hand and stuck it on the back of my head. He's like, what the, what the hell is that? And I... I said, it's a tumor, dude, and I'm dying. I got so long left to live. It's funny, when they told me, you have nine months left to live, I thought, that's what it took to get me into the world. Yeah. Yeah. That's what's gonna take to get you out. Yeah, nine months, yeah. In some kind of weird womb, you know? Wow. But they they saved me. Yeah. And, uh, the day that they, I was coming out of the hospital, a lot of people thought, you know, I did, I've, I've done more benefits than anybody I know, okay? I, just in 2011, I did 115 benefits. That's 115 times I played for free. Over half those benefits, I helped put together. 
mm-hmm. and along with the, the, the animal twin benefit, which I did all the work on that one. Mm-hmm. And I, I remember that. that. And you're talking about 37 bands, two stages, and then uh, 29 pro wrestlers, uh, you know, 19 porta potties, <laughs> vendors, and yeah. all that. And, and then luckily for the Rose Bowl, uh, the Rose Bowl. Uh, place they they'd burned down twice and had come back yep, yep. and i seen how many people cared about that damn place and my life growing up at the emerald twin it was the only time my parents ever got along when we went there they got along with other at the dri- people at the drive-in yeah. for those who don't know admiral twin is a drive-in movie theater a two-sided yeah. drive-in movie theater. yeah and it's only one of five that's still in working con- yeah. in the nation plus they made the outsiders movie there yeah. and, and we can get into that and I, I got a great story about the outsiders i'll get you started on 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 film yeah i mean i do i'm i love making film i, I have my own film company and that's what i do yeah. when i'm not doing music it's what so i pretty much what I do too i just finished res dogs this year that's my location right there for Res Dogs. I want to talk. We definitely talk. Wow, that's pretty yeah, cool. Yeah. Uh, I can't wait to hear about this because yeah. that's that's what I uh, I'm as, as I've gotten older. I love music and I love being able to put my music to to film and and I love I'm making all these bands from Oklahoma City. Uh, there's 19 of them now. I've made music videos and documentaries for. And why I don't do it for Tulsa, I don't know. <laughs> Tulsa just doesn't seem to. Uh, I don't know that for some reason the, the the music scene here is at this place where there's all these bands here. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember starting out in this town. There was only nine original bands. Yeah. I can tell you all of them right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and 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 it's crazy because now the last time I saw a count, there was like up to four thousand bands. Four thousand? Are you crazy? And then I saw the, the Tulsa Music Awards. All these bands winning all these awards. I'm making. Where did they play at? Right. Where, right. Where, 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 where did they? Where, where, when did they come around? Have I been gone that long? Yeah, right, I mean, I mean, because right. I would know about some special band out there. Because yeah. the bands that are special, I, I keep touch tags with them. You know, yeah. yeah. Uh, not so much anymore. But uh, so I bring all these Oklahoma City bands over because Oklahoma City treat me like they are just awesome to me. Yeah. And yeah. And, the, and the people over there, the biker community and and the heavy metal community, they they I, yeah. I do my acoustic guitar thing. Mm-hmm. And I fit into both places, and right. they and they love that, and yeah. and, and I love them. Uh, they have treated me the way I think Tulsa should, but yeah. Tulsa's bitter with me because you know, I walked away from it all right at the top, mm-hmm. and I left this scene that I helped build, uh, that I helped build. Uh, I didn't do, I didn't build it. I just, I just know how. Look at all the scenes from Seattle to L.A. to Dallas to you know to Nashville. They all have these scenes. Why? Because their musicians locally support each other. Mm. If this guy in this band breaks his arm. Uh, Skateboard fall. Mm. Well, this band over here, they know their song so well that this guy can step in for them. Play, That's yeah. what Dallas-Fort Worth area, that, the, the Fort Worth scene, was. they were all down. Every one of those band members could get up at any time, show up, and get, they'll get them up and play one of their songs. Yeah. That's that's called being, that's 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 a scene. Yeah. I want to be a part of that. Yeah. you got to be family. And all the, you know, whether you like the band or not, if they're playing original music, man, they could be the worst band. I want to watch them over a cover band any day, and I'm not ragging on cover bands. Because uh, I mean, that, to me, that's a scary place to be. Mm. Is a, if you're an original band, you have to sell out. Is what I call it mm. to play covers. Yeah. But and I, and I have some great friends in this town that have done that, and I love them and I support them no matter what. I just I hate thinking of giving up playing original music. You know, I, I'm already scared. We, as I get older, will I have something to say? Well, because mm-hmm. uh, you see a lot of cats that they just keep playing the same stuff. You never see no new mm-hmm. stuff. And then a lot of people won't let them. Like Bruce Springsteen, they, they don't they care about anything new from him, especially if he changes styles. Yeah, and he did it here recently, and uh, I saw him on Howard Stern, and 
Well, I cried the whole whole time. I've never been a f big fan of his, but then when you're hearing his backstory, mm -hmm. like Tom Petty's backstory, mm -hmm. you know, uh, they're, they're, how they got signed, or Tom Petty signed right here in Tulsa. Mm -hmm. They had just happened to have a little bitty office here in Tulsa, and they recorded their first stuff right here in Tulsa, yeah, yeah. I mean, which is awesome. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's yeah. like that's man, but Bruce Springsteen, man, when you hear where his songs come from and how he wrote them and how he got signed and and it's a beautiful story. Yeah. Uh, why they haven't made a movie, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, probably because somebody like Howard Stern owns the rights and they're just hanging on to it. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Howard Stern has allowed a lot of the like Sammy Hagar. He's brought all these cats on there. And, and let them tell their story in a way that they've never got to. Yeah. So they don't have to play the whole song, but they play most of it. Yeah, but, well, and I don't know, you may or may not like this. I'm not a huge Aerosmith fan. I, I'm neither I, I respect them, but I'm just not a huge fan. But to hear Steven Tyler's story of when they were recording Sweet Emotion, that, yeah. that maraca sound in the beginning is actually a packet of sugar. Oh, oh no <laughs> they forgot the maracas on the way to the studio you look down there's a sugar packet in the guitar case he picked it up and that and he and being that he's a drummer and really that's why he is number yeah. one first yeah. Yeah. yeah and he's got a connection to tulsa oh yeah his wife yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I, I swear my my we, we had my kid my last kid at his name is wisdom by the way <laughs> and so I, where we had him at uh, steven that's where one of his daughters or something or somebody they had their kids there and he was there oh, and, and uh, we, when we were in the hospital i was like is that steven tyler holy <laughs> shit he's an ugly little old lady <laughs> he, he well, they give him shit now because he he looks like he's a you know 70 year old woman yeah he does he, and he does yeah bless his heart yeah yeah, yeah. well you know he deserves it so. <laughs> i did you know one thing about tulsa though is we do get some pretty good acts that do come through this town i know we're one of those tuesday wednesday thursday locations but i played over all days and, and, and i saw the dead boys i mean they're are they coming no they they, they played like uh i want to say two or three weeks ago that's crazy isn't it they played the shrine I, I wanna, chrome that's you know the main dude yeah that's yeah, the main yeah, guy yeah. that's you know everybody else is is dead, new or, different or, yeah they're all the rest of them are we but it's still the dead boys it's still guys <laughs> yeah. that played cbgb's I mean, so that's what they should you know, say about pantera and there's not yeah, right, there's right. a big battle i have one of the biggest uh groups on, on uh, that started it's the Dimebag, uh, you know, fan world fan base. I started it, and it's, it's over ten thousand strong on it, man. And so I, I decided to do a chat, you know, mm -hmm. on there, and I invite everybody. I was like, "What was your favorite thing about Pantera?" Yeah, dude, <laughs> it's still going. The conversation is yeah, still. I mean, right. we can get yeah. on it right now. I'm, I'm constantly dinging. I was like, I can't even get one of my own band conversations <laughs> to sound that, like, that long. So then I, I asked, what, "What do you think about the new Pantera?" They did not like me putting new. Yeah. These people are really, really judgmental. It's interesting because fans of music, they 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 get into their camps, and it's tough to get. It's either when did heavy metal become so, such a place of judgmental people when we were the ones being right, judged for right, so long? Right, right. Well, yeah, it's yeah. like the old, it's Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Yeah, kind of stuff, yeah, you yeah. Know. Yeah, it's all of that. Yeah, I, I love Hagar no matter what. So yeah, right, he's right. a party. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that yeah. guy, no matter where he's at, he's having a good time. It seems like everything <laughs> he touches is gold. It, it, there you go. Yeah, I mean, and he's David, doing something and right. poor David just doesn't have nothing going on, yeah. except that he looks like Steve Martin. Well, and he and and, and, and I think, think I about heard, that. <laughs> uh, he did a um, he did a Joe Rogan show, and I think he said he worked as a paramedic in New York for a while. Wow, I didn't, like wow. he was like up in New York, like in New York City. After just, Van Halen's? Yeah, yeah, just wow. like just like being a paramedic, and he'd go on calls, 
And uh, you know, like, like, like laying there going, "Aren't you David Lee Roth?" Could you sign? <laughs> could you sign my heart before I die? <laughs> right. Like um, like Steven Seagal when he was doing the sheriff thing. Oh you know, yeah, like, yeah people like I'm getting arrested by Steven Seagal. Right, right. Uh, well, Shaq, so Shaquille O'Neal did it too. Oh, I mean, he was, I, a, I he was a reserve officer for a while. Yeah, I mean, but I don't think I love Shaq. I love everything about him. You know, his height and everything. But I, I'm just real. Uh, my interest is in it with him is with the Illuminati mm. and his whole thing with that, you know, because Illuminati is a very real thing. Yeah. And if you're trying to get your music, say today, uh, published or uh, uh, with getting your serial numbers for each song and all that stuff right. and getting it on there, uh, it used to be a, another place you went through, but now it's through Illuminati yeah. uh, uh, publishing. So is it so? Since you brought it up, let's go down this rabbit hole for a second. Okay, cool. Is because back in the day when when the Illuminati was I don't know say a hundred years ago right yeah. it was decision makers in, in world politics it was big money yeah. you know, oil company everyone was, thought they knew what it was about and they still don't but they think it's a religion but it's not but why would they, why would it shift into pop culture and music and things like that because their main quote is the betterment of human the human species mm -hmm. they're looking for people that influence other people to do good mm. that's that's what they've told me mm. and i and I'm, I'm interested but i i've never been about selling myself out I've, I've had five record company guys sitting in front of me at denny's and they're all rah, 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 rah. Mm. you know and i have one question for them and that's are you going to take my talent and make it what you want it to be or erase what i am and all five of them, yeah, pretty much. Mm -hmm. But that's what getting signed is about. Mm -hmm. You still have a little bit of you there. No, I don't think I want to sell. I did this because my dad was an influence on me, but because God told me this is how I'm going to right my wrongs. You know, there comes a point to when, when have you write, wrote your wrongs? What, and what are your dreams other than you doing your parents' dreams? Luckily for me, they're the same dream. Yeah. I want to rock the world with a message. So is it, is it a battle of good and evil? I think so. Mm -hmm. I, I do. Because, see, I've learned this. God gave me this gift of music, right? And I'm, I'm not a Christian, okay? I'm not. I'm, mm -hmm. I'm an honest sinner is what I call myself. Mm -hmm. We're all sinners. I agree. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and as long as you're honest about who, own your lie. Mm -hmm. You know? If you're yeah. going to lie, be a good liar. Be, be, to let everybody know. And then they'll have to figure out whether you're telling the truth or lying. You know? I mean, I, 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 I lied as a kid growing up because I thought my stories weren't good enough for other people here. So I had to tell other people's stories and share it until one day I heard this dude doing the same thing. I'm like, that motherfucker got my idea. You know, that's my idea. And so me and him got in a fight. Yeah. And that day I was fighting myself. Mm. And then after that, my mom said, Chuck, you know, if you want to be successful, you're going to have to be an asshole and you're going to have to learn how to lie better. Mm. And I, th I thought about it, you know. Uh, mom, if that's what they look like, is you saying that right now? I don't, I don't want to be a liar. Yeah. So I remember the first day I tried not lying. Yeah. There needs to be Liars Anonymous over all things because it's the biggest addiction on this planet is people lying because it, it begats another one and another one and another one yeah it's an endless circle yeah and, and, and at the end of it you have no clue who you are still yeah. you're, you're everyone else but you but but we but that's the problem right is that we live in a humongous lie every day yeah. i mean we're lied to by advertisers by media by news yeah, by constantly everybody well, that's, that's the thing is they only say 1%, 1% people carry the truth. Mm. And so I, I knew that they said 3% get clean from meth and the rest will never be clean. Mm. You'll have ups and downs. You'll, and I believe that totally. Mm. Uh, actually, I heard now it's just 2%. They've changed that. Wow. That people ever really get clean from meth. I know so many people. I mean, my world is much bigger than most people's. In fact, right now I'm being held up for the Guinness Book of World Records. True story. 
of the only individual to take more pictures with four or more people within the picture. Uh, so I, I was just having to collect, be collected. That's, That's cra crazy. It's crazy, but dude, I was collecting all these pictures. I wanted people to see. If I don't get back to you right off, please, please. Yeah, I mean, you got. To, if you want me to get a hold of you, you, you got to say something. Yeah. I mean, don't. Can't you give me a call? You know, I'm not probably yeah. not going to remember that. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And so, uh, if you catch my eye and entertain me, I, I'll call you sure. back. Yeah. yeah. I don't want to that. Yeah, yeah. But so I was going through all these pictures. That, you know, all these famous people I know from you know other from. Uh, Bill Johnson from fucking you know Chainsaw Massacre to, to Pinhead to the Boondock Saints and Norman Reedus holding up my shirts because he's a fan of mine. Right. You know I, I got all this video, uh, this great life that when I was happy I didn't hardly do any writing in my journals at all. Mm. In fact I don't I don't even have a journal anymore. But up till I became Demon Hammer famous, uh, I mean I, every journal looks like somebody else wrote it though. Mm. The hell was I then? You know, yeah. I, I can't read my writing, right. but let alone barely now. I type so much that when I tried to write, I, I had to kind of teach myself how to rewrite. Yeah, because I type so much. You know, yeah. and I'm, I'm a maniac. People hear me on the typewriter, and it's just two fingers, but it's the fastest two fingers in the <laughs> West. Right. Because those are like at the library. Hey, dude. Yeah, you, you, I mean that's a lot of passion you're hitting with. Could you bring it down a little bit? The level. Yeah. Oh no, right. sorry, dude. Emily <laughs> Freeman published her her writings. Oh yeah. Yeah, and it's. I mean, it's I haven't wild. seen. I haven't yeah. seen. I, I follow her and I, I share videos still every day because people need to know about her, man. Uh, yeah, her, <laughs> her. What about what, what about the lyrics? Where where do where do lyrics come from? Is it is it? I used to organic. Tell, uh, exactly to the word out of my mouth. To me, uh, I used to be want to be a songwriter like my dad. Okay, so I wanted to be a great known songwriter and. And then one day I'm on the bus with David Onko. I'm touring with him. Mm. And the last week of the tour, he asked me to come on the bus. Mm. Otherwise, I drove in a van behind the bus. You know. Mm. Yeah. And I got to tour over there for three months, and it was the greatest thing uh, to get to know an old man who was very bitter and angry. <laughs> uh, still, well, he, he is a legend, though. I mean, no, no, he, he's uh, legendary. Uh, and that's because he's kept his 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 outlaw anger. He still has that. And he, mm. plus, he cares about he does care about what people think. But anyways, I'm on the bus with him, and he's. I get on there and they're like, hey, David, they want you to come on the bus and hang out. So there's people in their party having a good time, and he's just sitting there staring at me, man. I'm like, what did I do wrong? Right. Did I, are they gonna, I have to fight this guy. Yeah, or, or is he, he going to have these two other guys beat the hell out of me? Because sure. he, you know, he has his, 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 his rogues that are with him. But he, he, um, you hear that music? I said, yeah, that's my Born Rebel CD. He goes, it's a damn good album, man. Damn good album. You're a good songwriter, but you're not best yet. I gotta ask you a question, Chuck. Yeah, where the hell's your love song, that boy? Oh no! And I was like, uh, you well, yeah, yeah. I'm smart ass him. He says, you wrote all the best love songs, dude. Those are my love songs. Have you ever been a love boy? Right. You know, I mean, he just goes off on me because I give you a year, and I don't hear no love song out of you. Then I'm canceling you out. I'm not gonna listen to that CD no more. I want to hear a love song out of you, boy. Wow. So for the next year, I'm like. Right riding around on tours, and I started seeing my relationship with this girl that my, my youngest boy's mama. I got three babies, mamas, so uh, I see it not being. I met her, and everything went up from the time I met her. And she was in love with the idea of having a child with me because she's seen my other kids are beautiful, and mm. she's seen that. I guess it was easy to kick me in a curb later on because <laughs> she just wanted children, and and I'm not ragging on her because we we we're, she's one of my better friends, uh, and I love her. But she, everything went up though because mm. she believed in me. Just, mm -hmm. just a little bit. Yeah. And her dinner dad saw that, and he, he kind of believed in me. Mm -hmm. And they gave me a chance to breathe. 
and to let my story out on the table. And though a lot of the dates and times didn't mix up, well, from 97 to 2001, is a blackout. I did a lot of drugs mm. trying to kill myself. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I was worthy to be in this world. And if I was going to be here, then I need to be the scum of the earth. You know, and that's, I just, getting out of prison is really hard. And it's hard to stay out and, and have a job and, and yep. get, find your place here. And the only place I fit in was with music. I could bring a crowd. And yeah. whatever I would say back before, you know, I learned how to talk because I didn't know how to, I was a real quiet guy. And the only time I would talk was when I got on stage. And between the songs, I'd say something. And these other people that were kind of junkies or drug addicts or the hoods of the, of the neighborhood, they were hearing about it and they kind of pulled them out. And they came and started coming to the shows. And, and, and then I had this drug culture of people following me. I made a career pretty much based on my drug abuse and my prison life. Mm. And, and how hard it was to maintain some kind of uh, stability out here in this world. You, yeah. know, you know, they say, what's a good, uh, what's a musician without a home? A musician without a girlfriend. <laughs> and that's the truth. Yeah. Luckily, I had girls that would take care of me. Mm -hmm. And I love every single one of them with all my heart, and I would do anything for any of them today if I, if I, if I remember them. <laughs> there's a few, uh, that's the comedy. <laughs> but uh, there's a few, but most of them, I, I, you know, I got three babies, mamas, and they, bless their hearts, they, or some of the toughest women, I've ever, and they're still beautiful today. And yeah. my kids, they, we had two. We had great kids. They all learned uh, from all that. Yeah. Uh, but David challenged me to write this song about the, the lyrics, and so for that year, I, I saw this relationship that was starting to dwindle away, and uh, she started was doing things that was out of. Uh, I could see that. She'd only do, like, like if it, your woman's getting dressed up for, for work and she never did that before. She didn't care how she looked. But all of a sudden, she started more makeup, different clothes. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, now she wants a cell phone. Mm -hmm. uh, and you're like, okay. <laughs> but she never calls you on it. Mm -hmm. Then you can see there's something else going on. Sure. And though you may ask, they'll lie. Because we've been taught to immediately do that if we're cheating. Right. To mm -hmm. lie. Just lie mm -hmm. your way out of it. And movies do it. I mean, they teach us this stuff. So they... Uh, I saw this happening, and so I just wanted to try to win her back, you yeah, know? Right. And so I wrote this song called The Way You Love Me. And, uh, you know, it's, it's the way you, you, you hold me, the way you, you kiss me, the way you touch me, the way, you, the way you, you, you listen to me. Even when you're just pretending, you still pretend to listen. That's love. Mm -hmm. You know, they don't understand what you're saying. You're garbling a bunch of crazy stuff you lived. Mm. But she, she loved me enough to listen, pretend to listen. Yeah. And so that's what this song consists of. And, and uh, I got called, it got called the, the, the Ballad of the Decade for underground ballads because you don't hear about underground music scene mm -hmm. ballads ever. Mm -hmm. And so this magazine called it that, and I thought, oh, my God. Well, I, I sent it to David, and, and David got on there, Cooley, you make me happy, boy. <laughs> I can consider you one of the better, the better songwriters I know. You keep at it. I want to hear some more. Love songs. Love songs are the way. Yeah. That's your way, boy. And I've been told that my whole career. Yeah. Learn how to write a love song. Right. And now I have 19 of them. Wow. And, and over 17 of them have made it to number one on Reverb Nation worldwide. They're worldwide music charts. And one that's right now there has been there for three years. Yeah. And just our region showing that Oklahoma's got it going on. So. Well, one thing about your music, it's definitely um, from the heart. I mean, there's definitely some, there's some edge to it, but there's also... There's also some depth, yeah. And you can, you know, some sometimes you can feel some of that pain. Yeah, the, you know? the song "Lost" is the one that's coming now, mm, and, yeah. and it made it to the, 
there's nothing like being the, the, the biggest high. I don't care what any musician has to say. I'll challenge them all. If you've never had a crowd singing one of your songs back to you mm. to the point where you don't even have to sing, yeah. then you don't know what the high of being on stage is about. Mm. That's what we shoot for. That's what we want. Right. That's, any original musician wants that. And we we're the, we get paid nothing in our local towns. We, the, we're overlooked. The, the, the cities eat their talented artists and make them become something they're not. Mm -hmm. When you should just let them rise on their own or help them and boost them, but don't take rob them. And this, Tulsa has got some great, great, great artists here, from you know, from art to musicians, but others all around, actors. I mean, there's so many great people here. I've taken so many girls just off the street and had them come model because they're so beautiful. I know that they may have had missing teeth or they've been knocked out or they've been beat most of their life. And mm -hmm. but I know this girl, she, all she needs is one time in front of a professional photographer and, and, and a photo shoot with all these people there and you're, you're, and you're part of a family for a minute. And it's the high you get from these natural highs that creating art and looking beautiful that gives them a chance to see right. themselves in a way they, they only dreamed of yeah. or maybe never even dreamed of. Yeah. But over 27 girls I brought to, to Richard Gorman's studio and we did these really cool photo shoots and to see how high they would get after. I, I mean, I get high on every one of the photo shoots. Mm -hmm. Richard Gorman is one of the baddest legendary. He lives right here in Jinx. Mm -hmm. He's the, one of the baddest photographers on, on the planet. Yeah. His backstory is really cool. You should have him in. Oh yeah, yeah. He, he was Charlie Manson. We'll put fan. him on the list. Yeah, he was Charlie Manson's prison guard for seven years. Really? Yeah, it's kind of weird because here's this guy that. Guys, was, I, I'm sorry, uh, I went down a rabbit hole on Manson the other day. I mean, I watched I, I, like three documentaries. I know everything about him, dude. I, I wrote him while I was in prison, and he wrote me back. Uh, the first thing he wrote me was "fuck off." <laughs> and that was after writing like twenty times. Yeah. And then the second thing I said, just send me something, man. Just. just just spout some stuff off at me. And, right. he, and he, so he sent me this, like, a, I don't like to say the word poem. I, it's weird. To me, poem sounds weak. I don't know why. Mm. I, you know, a poet, I just, uh, if you're going to be a serial killer, you don't grow up saying, I want to be a serial killer. You just go out and kill. Yeah, just, so, if you're, yeah. so if you're going to write, just write. <laughs> just write some stuff, you know, right. and just be a writer, you know. But anyways, I don't, I don't know what that thing was. Poetry just kind of gets to me. Yeah. Yeah, but he yeah, wrote me this thing, and real quick, and he he signed. He said he says at the end of the thing, he says the head dead man don't need no head man, meaning he don't need no god. He mm -hmm. is he is the god of his destiny. Mm -hmm. So I took that in the first band I had out of prison. After eight years of being in prison, I, I called it the head dead man. Wow. And so I took his cursive, I blew it up, and made my own little font, and put a picture of him that we drew me and my, my bass player, and my first shirt ever I ever had. You know, uh, was the head dead man by Charles Manson, and it was his writing yeah. they sent to me. If you really want to read anything or know anything about him, there's only one book to read, and that's the, the Education of an Outlaw by Charles Manson, mm -hmm. uh, through uh, a former cellmate that got out and wrote a story for him. Right. Yeah. It's it's a killer book, and he I believe it. I believe what he has to say in it. Uh, as probably the only time he was ever going to have a chance to be honest, and do it, you know, exclusively like that. I believe his story in that. It's, it's, he doesn't deny, but he also, he, he, he meant to say he's, <laughs> he grew up in the judge's belly, man. I mean, oh, yeah, yeah. He was raised the life there. of being incarcerated. Yeah, yeah. It and wasn't until he was incarcerated in California that yeah. he started to figure out that, you know, there's there's a way through this, there's a path through this. Yeah, yeah. He was just a beatnik, but he, uh, yeah, he, he found uh, drugs probably really messed him up, probably. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially yeah. back then. They were, oh, yeah. yeah. It was yeah. And then all, and all the girls were giving away. You know, he found all the rogues on the highway, yeah. all these runaways or throwaways, 
the preacher's kids. Yeah. yeah San Francisco. Yeah, yeah. The whole thing. You you don't know Will Livingston, do you? The artist Will Livingston. Uh, like Will Will uh, was incarcerated here in Oklahoma, and uh, he did a book live from the cell block. Oh wow! And Will does art for musicians. He does like their concert. Posters. Oh, that, that is awesome. Yeah, he's uh, he's an amazing artist. What? Um, wow, those are those are badass. I do no, too, no, I and, too, but these are really awesome. And he Man. did it for. Where'd you get this book at? Well, so Boulevard Trash in Tulsa, they sell a copy of it, but I know his parents, and I'm I was trying to get something going because Will was released um, this January, just oh, just wow. uh, just a, a few weeks ago, and. Did you know, he make most a, of these from prison? He, yes. Well, that's a lot, too. And he's, and he's an incredible artist. Um, yeah, he, <laughs> I'm trying to get him to come on here. I'd love to talk to him about, about this book and some of the other stuff he does. But he found his avenue. He found his, his way through it. Yeah. yeah that's, to me, art and music saved my life. It's kept me from a life of a prison and, and, and being a thief and being all the things I had become before I went. And... Uh, it took me a couple of times in and out, but uh, I was never out very long, and so I just focused on while I was there, education. And, yeah. and education, it, it doesn't make sense. If you're not educated, you're going to think with an irrational mind. Yeah. And I got, I learned how to become rational. Uh, also, I have a killer story with Judge Hopper. I don't know if you know who that was, but he was the hanging judge. Yes. Yeah. And I, I have the, probably the only story on the planet of his one good deed that he actually did. Uh, he did something for me that uh, I've never heard that he did with anybody else. And how this story of with him would come into play later on with some of his family that, like his granddaughter, who adored him, and he adored her. and But she, all the stories she'd ever heard was all these horror, horrific stories sure. of him giving massive time out to his own kid, to just to everyone that was around him. Yeah. I mean, uh, I don't know if many people ever saw him without his robot, his judge robot, and mm -hmm. I, I got to. I got to, meet, I got to meet the real man, and, and he challenged me before he sentenced me. He asked me, uh, I gotta do it like he did. He goes, uh, Mr. Curley, do you know what right and wrong was when he did these hideous crimes? And I thought about all the guys that stood there before me and all the ones after that. He might ask that too. And then I looked over to the crowd. Wait, there's nobody there but my sister and my mom. The only people there. Mm -hmm. The only day they come to visit me was to see me convicted. Mm -hmm. I thought, I need to say something that's gonna embarrass the hell out of them. You know? And then I thought about right and wrong. Yeah, Judge, I know what right and wrong are. Right is pleasure, wrong is pain. And he did this cocky, like when a little pug dog looks at you like right. that. He was looking at me like that, and he looked over at his girl, you got that? She goes, I got that, that's a good one, Judge, that's a good one. And I'm like, oh shit. Because you know what, I got an idea. Boy, when you get done with your sins, you're not going to get out like all your buddies do. You're not going to go back to the free world. You're going to come right back here where you started. Mm. If it's on a Friday, you're going to sit the whole weekend in my jail. And then you're going to come tell me what right and wrong is. I don't care how long it takes. You And he kept his word. They released me on accident, had me report the next day, and then locked me back up and took me back to prison. After messing with my head like that, right. yeah. I thought I was getting away with that shit. Yeah. No, no, he, he they, they got that. And, they, and then they sent me back to jail. A couple of months later, they sent me back to jail. And I went in there, and I had, he didn't recognize me. He, he barely remembered this, the situation because uh, I had full sleeves tattoos and then I was a kid and didn't have any. Mm. And he's like, next time you're in my courtroom, you need to wear long sleeves. I said, I have long sleeves on. Don't you be a smart ass with me, boy. I see all these people behind you. If you turn me into dick, I'm, I'm, I'm just going to be bad on them. Mm. Oh, so he was weighing. Yeah. yeah. So what's right and wrong? And I said, Judge, look, I just got out. All I can say is that if I do right, 
I know that there's got to be, if there's people around, they're going to see me do the right thing. And it's about influencing them to do what's right too. But if I'm doing the wrong and there's people around that even so they may be good people, I might influence them to do the wrong. And I know that uh, I don't want to do what's wrong because I want to impress everybody I know with doing what's right. And I didn't care before, and now I do. That's a start. You got two more years with me, so I'll see you next month. <laughs> On the day I last saw Judge Hopper, uh, I was told the day before that I had good news and bad news from a pro officer. And we were in the middle of recording Berserker's album. And uh, he said, well, I got some good news and bad news. What do you want to hear? I said, well, good news. Well, you're all pro. Yeah, I know it's early, isn't it? I said, yeah, a couple of years. He goes, the sad thing is, is uh, you were never supposed to have been on it, son. Uh, you were supposed to have discharged. You had done enough good time and had it. But the sad thing is, is that we're not giving none of your money back that you've been giving us. Wow. It was, you know, thousands of dollars, you yeah, know. So sure. I didn't care because it kept me doing the right thing. Yeah. He said, by the way, where are you at right now? I said, I'm recording. The, I'm signed with a record company. Eight years, eight months out of, out of prison, and I'm with a band, and we're signed, and we're doing a record right now. He goes, is that out of town? I said, you can get me on that one. I'm not on parole no more. <laughs> he was going to mess with me. Yeah. But, uh, so he goes, well, the judge wants to see you one more time. So I got to go in and watch the judge take me and turn me around and make me face the crowd with my hands out to the side. He didn't, I didn't have to put them on my back. You know? He goes, uh, Oklahoma, that's the first time I ever had to do this. And it was packed. Yeah. He goes, you all go tell people you saw Judge Hopper do this because right now I'm going to apologize for the state of Oklahoma to this young man right here because we did him wrong. Wow. We took a bunch of his money. You know, Mr. Cooley, you're not getting none of that back. I said, I said, I know, Judge, and I don't care. I'm just glad to be a free man. And he goes, well, you know what right and wrong is. I can tell now. I said, it's called rational thinking. That's where you get right and wrong. And you just got to have a heart. If you don't have a heart, you're never going to think right. right. And to me, I mean, you got to know how to balance them both because you'll stay in a relationship that is brutal. That's not right, mm -hmm. but because you have this desire that they're going to change, mm -hmm. and 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 they're going to see your love miraculously one day. No, because they're they're not because they're still trying to get over somebody else mm -hmm. that's in love with somebody else that's in love with somebody else. They also rebound after rebound, and no one's healing. Yeah. And without that, we've been told you can't be alone. You won't survive. You won't live. I, all I wanted was, was to be alone where I got with my wife, mm -hmm. and she's the only person I ever married. I've had three babies, mamas, but. She was older than me. I never dated somebody older. It was weird. She looked like a grandma at the time. I was like, I'm not dating you. I'm not, what the heck? Get away from me, woman. And I tried to ditch her, you know, and get rid of her. Yeah, I hear the story when we tell it together. It's pretty funny. Because she's so sweet and quiet, you know. Right. <laughs> There's not one person on this world that don't love my uh, love Tess. Tess Cooley is the, is, is the baddest woman on this planet. And if anybody wanted to clone themselves after somebody, it would be her. It would be her. Mm. Now, her daughters would think differently about that, but <laughs> of course they do. Right. Yeah, but she, she's, a, she's a, watching her grow from this quiet person to having a voice because she's a ventriloquist too, and she is badass. Wow. She has little Chuck, and he's the little version of me. Ah, okay. But he's a smart ass. And, yeah. and when you watch, everybody comes over, they, people come to the, our, our room just, just to see her do this thing. Yes. And because she's so good at it. it well, the, this puppet gave her a life to speak on her own. Now she'll tell you what she feels, and it's yeah. a, uh, well, she just shut up <laughs> sometimes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, this little Chuck is, uh, he thinks he's the real me. Yeah. I'm the puppet. Yeah. <laughs> okay, one yeah. one more thing, and then then because we're we're yeah. getting close on time. You mentioned that uh, throughout your life you've had some 
some paranormal type experiences. Yes, uh, yeah, yeah. What 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 do you think we're we're dealing with there? What do you? I, I this is my understanding. I, I thought I knew what a ghost was until my friend John Tinsley died. Uh, I knew John as this guy that he never said whether he believed in God or the devil. But I remember one time he wanted me to tattoo on him, and this house that we were living in was haunted. Uh, I mean, when you take a shower uh, through that white noise, you would hear someone brutally, a woman being butchered, screaming mm -hmm. to death. Oh my God! You know, it's mm -hmm. and I'd get out of the shower and look, go look, and it was, she would always imitate the, whatever woman I was around last. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, the, all my friends that were coming in and out of there lived in there. It was a party house, and there was and. It, they would all experience these things with me waking up or going and looking for this tall guy that lived out in the den to a man that had no legs, uh, who had lost him in the war. And uh, he, he'd always sing Scooby-Doo to me. He was weird. And this guy would sit out underneath a tree and he may know that he was he was a ghost. He was messing with me. Mm. And I'm thinking, man, the drugs are really good. You know, and, but, and I tell my friends, just tell me to shut up if y'all think, I'm, they're telling me this and they're telling me that. And they would like, uh, they would say, no, dude, I'm not telling you to shut up. Keep going. Some of them would start recording me because uh, wow. they, they believed it. Yeah. Now, I've been under psychiatric. I've been in three mental wards, okay? And I've said the stories that all those crazies that get their pills said, but they didn't give me those pills. And I asked them why, because we believe you. Mm. Now, that's something to think about, and that's a true story. Uh, uh, like, okay, I, I'm special. Great. <laughs> Ghoster, uh, when I was tattooing on my friend John, he wanted me to put Born Loser across his stomach. I said, John, I'm not putting that on you because I love you, dude. But I'm going to put something I put in his image. Mm. While we're tattooing, he starts, he goes, stop, stop. Well, in the white noise of the, the, the gun, mm. he said, I, I can hear it. And dude, he, it changed his life that day. And since that day, he could hear, he could hear things. And he's dead now. But he passed on. And so I, uh, he came to me as I'm writing this song about him. I mean, he's the only friend. I mean, out of all my, I have a lot of best friends, I, I get to say. More than two handfuls. You know, mm -hmm. Many people get to say that in their life. But he was one of them. And he's one I cried really a lot over because I felt like he got cheated out of life. Mm -hmm. Bad. Yeah. I mean, just, but here he is. He pops up next to me. And what he's got this, like, from here down is like, it's like a drifting mesh, mm -hmm. like a potato sack. Mm -hmm. Kind of like, from you can't really see what's, on, you know, there. But you could see his face, and you could see that he, he was allowed to have his long hair again. Mm. <laughs> and he said, they asked me uh, the best part, what what version of me that I like the best. I said, who's they? He goes, I don't know who they are, but they were there, and they asked me how I wanted to look, that I didn't get to go to heaven or hell, because I didn't believe, I didn't understand any of that. Mm -hmm. So I had one choice, either not to exist or to come and watch you guys and have to live with that. Wow. And I'm like, whoa. He said, now finish my song. And he's like telling me, quote me in a pussy, you know, right, uh, yeah. tell me to write this song. And so I got, I got to write this killer song for him called The King of the Homeless. Because he would, he ended up being a homeless guy that lived in a tent in people's backyards. He would sit with two dogs, two beautiful dogs that he raised. They, they took the place of his two boys that his wife took. And, you know, and he, he lived this crazy life, hopping trains and getting kicked out of Canada twice and on POD's bus wow. for not calling call him, you're not Christians, and because y'all are doing coke. And, and he called them out and they kicked him off the bus. <laughs> uh, and he snuck back on and they kicked him off again. <laughs> I think he knocked one of his teeth out too. So yeah, yeah. by the time that John died, he died from a hot shot that some young kid gave him uh, for having his bike bicycle too long. And he told the kid, look, I'll, I'll keep it next time. And the kid's like, oh, really? So the kid went and gets a hot shot. Gives it to him. By the time he got down to, he'd sit in front of Family Dollar. He would never ask for a dime. 
He never had to. Because mm -hmm. people would see those two dogs in that shopping cart with him, and he would just sit and Star Star Wars books. Mm -hmm. um, man, yeah. They would just give him money. He said, mm -hmm. Chuck, you need to come document my life, dude, for just a couple of days. You see how I make money. I never even have to ask. On good days, I make $600. Mm -hmm. So why don't you get a hotel room, dude, and right. take a bath? Yeah. You know, quit going to your friend's house and stealing their shit, you know? And he, well, he, uh, the day he died, uh, he, he blacked out in front of the family dollar and he, he fell and hit his face and crushed his nose. And the, the, the lady there at the store knew him. She's like, oh my God. And he said, she said he came to and he says, uh, she goes, what do I do, John? What do I do? He goes, well, there's no need to call an ambulance. And then he died. Mm. He obviously, whatever happened in that blackout part, he saw that it was over. No more pain. Yeah. And so, uh, he comes to me while I'm sitting there writing this song, and uh, it was, I've seen some ghosts very clear, everything in detail, what they're wearing. Mm -hmm. Walking their dog that was dead, that, that died with them. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, they, they, when I didn't, when I was, they were first coming to me, it was, uh, they would, if they wanted to speak to me, you'll never see them speak, but you ever seen that picture in the, where it shows a guy seeing a ghost for the first time? He's like, ah! Right. And see, you right. see the ghost, and it looks like the ghost is going, woo! But he's not, he's going, ah! Because it's, it's, yeah, they scare each other. Yeah. You see me? I see you. Oh my God. Yeah, that's what that really, that picture should be. And that's the, exactly uh, when you see these things, you you're, think it's a curse at first that you're burdened with this mm -hmm. thing. Uh, and a lot like the little kid that sees dead thing. That's pretty real. Yeah. Uh, they got that from somewhere. Yeah, yeah. People just don't make up shit or, they, or they'll have a dream that's so real that, look at, I mean, look at Steven Spielberg, his story. Have you seen his, his life story that okay. yet? On show, Showtime, that yeah. movie? Yeah, it's a killer movie, crazy movie, but yeah. He had a weird life, too. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you know, but to have... That stuff comes from somewhere. Yeah, and I mean, it comes from somewhere. I mean, our whole deal is, why do we exist, okay? Who knows? And who cares? We're here. Mm. Let's embrace this and roll yeah. with it. There's, there's a loss of love between people, yeah. and they would rather have hate and anger because they... All I want is freedom from my pain. I just, if I got just one chance in my life to have freedom and go do what I want to do. And well, you've been given that chance five times and what did you say every time? It's too good to be true. And I tell you, no, it's you're not strong enough to handle the truth yet. Mm -hmm. So embrace the only thing you own, your pain. Yeah. And that's that. And people just, you got to learn how to see that moment. It's true. If it's too good to be true, you better embrace it. Because that may be your only chance to get it. Yeah. If, I've got to say a few times in my life and after hearing that, and I realized, oh, you're a pussy, man. You just can't take it. Yeah, here it is being offered to you, and you, you're afraid you're going to let them down. Yeah. You know, or let yourself down. Yeah. You know, that, that, that's reasonable. That's understandable. Yeah. But man, I think we I'm talk ourselves out of more opportunities than, than anyone on yeah. the outside of our own brains. Uh, you know? I think, uh, I have to say, man, thank you for your show, dude, and thank you for what you're doing. Absolutely. Thank you for calling me up because uh, I strived and starved for mental stimulation, and this is the most I've had in 10 years. Good. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Listen, I don't want this to be the the one off. Oh, I want oh, you to come uh, back. Uh, I'm definitely yeah. If we could stay focused, I keep us focused on one. Time. No, I'm, I'm the worst. I'm the worst. <laughs> uh, you know, as far as as far as hosts go, I'm probably the worst staying on topic because I I got so much I want to. Well, you have an open mind, so you flow with each topic like it ain't nothing. As far as music goes in, in Tulsa's music scene, uh, I have this little plan that I'm going to try and do because a friend of mine came up to me. He says, Chuck, you know, you were the music scene. You were the one that pulled all the bands together, showed them how to make flyers, showed them how to yep. promote. And where you learn how to do that, I'm, I learned in prison. Some guy told me how to do it. Mm -hmm. If I'm going to get out and go get a, do a tattoo, what do you do? You go to a bar and 
You find someone to tattoo on for free, and you tattoo on them, and then they come show their tattoo off there, and one by one. And yeah. then you have a tattoo party, and next thing you know, you're tattooing a bunch of people. Now you're making money, and unless meth gets involved, and that, it, will, that will screw everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, tattooing is addictive. That's for sure. I mean, uh, I, I've got my share. Yeah, it is. I'm not sleeved out, but I, but but you me, but you want to even it up, don't you? When you oh yeah, and and, and, and there's <laughs> always mouse, one more. Yeah. There's always just one more. I, I, I tell people this: if you're gonna get a tattoo. Make sure it's big, because big will cover for a while. <laughs> right. It will cover it for a hey, while. And it's expensive too. It's not. I yeah. mean, art is not cheap. No, good no, art's not cheap. No, it's not, dude. And yeah. All that stuff costs money to buy. And I've had. I was the guy that wrote the article, yet again, uh, for my community. I've never been the local music guy that was just a local musician. I did, took whatever I had in my fame and I made. I used it for. To better to right my wrongs, yeah. uh, like they say, you got to do. You know, yeah. when you, if you go to prayer, I, I wanted to leave this world with a clean slate, knowing that I didn't lie to you. you t I told the truth when I was falling down. I told you why. If you didn't come and aid me, maybe it wasn't meant to be. Because I am a bad motherfucker, and I will stand up again. Yeah. And and getting respect is hard to get, and it's, and when you lose it, it's hard to get back. Yep. And when you've gained, done that two or three times, Tulsa's been bitter with me this time. But it's okay, because on my birthday, on January 7th, January 7th, when we held it, after 12 years, I have a no one there from going to pack clubs where the line stood outside the club a block where mm -hmm. people had to wait to get in to see my shows. Now they, uh, they showed back up finally. Wow. I kind of begged, but yeah. <laughs> one day before Elvis's birthday, by the way. Uh, yeah, my birthday's actually December 23rd, but... No one wants to come see a band on, on, on Christmas, yeah. right there. Yeah, with all that money right. being spent around the right. time. So I do, right. I do it a week after New Year's and a half for years, and and I, I, I like it better that way. It's, yeah. uh, I don't expect presents. I just expect people to be present. Yeah, yeah. My, my oldest daughter's January fourth, so she Capricorns. She knows the pain. Um, <laughs> <It> just, if, <laughs> if our fans around the world want to check your music out, where do they go? I'm on Spotify. I'm on all those things. Uh, right now, they just took off three of my albums because of Reverb Nation. I'm in a battle with them right now. Uh, uh, but you can go to ReverbNation.com forward slash Chuckooly1 uh, or just just Google Chuckooly and get them on YouTube. I got, I got over 72 videos on there. I make videos for other people. We have a reality show called Chuck and Tess Adventures, but it's actually called, they changed it to the Cooley Rebels. And, uh, and it's about me and my wife and how we live. Going from homeless to standing up at this hotel and keeping somehow keeping our band together, it's a crazy uh, little story and how we stay positive uh, through all that. <laughs> Whatever your plan is for the future and Tulsa music scene, make us a part of it, will you? Ah, uh, you got that, man. <laughs> I, I try to utilize anything I can. Right now, I need this. Uh, not, I, I don't believe in comebacks. I just believe you can keep showing you kick ass. Yeah. And, and I'm 54 and. I work in the oil fields now, and I do that, and, I, and it's the only job I really ever had besides music and tattooing and art. I have all these paintings I do that they sell. Uh, people love dark art. It's amazing. Oh yeah. yeah. Uh, but uh, we got to get a Cooley original up in here. Oh, so. next time yeah. we come out here, I'll bring it. Cause, Absolutely. Because it's one hard to find. Oh, well, on the thing, I was like, oh, we got to go there and yeah. there. I'm, is it weird coming to someone's house to do this? I mean, well, this is the, this, 
These uh, are my. Is this guy gonna kill me or like what's? Going no, that's on funny here? you say that because just the other day I had this. I, I have haters and they, they send me this macabre, crazy stuff about people coming to get me and and, and when when I was winning all, all the awards, all the haters that came out then, they were you know painting our house and saying absurd things, knocking our windows out. Mm. I mean, it's pretty crazy. Fame is. In, it's a scary thing. It really yeah. is. Yeah. Yeah. But it's also a great thing to walk into a grocery store you go to every week for years, and one day you have $300 worth of groceries, and they, they say, you need to wait here, Mr. Cooley. Uh, and I'm like, whoa. I'm looking at my kid. Did you steal something? You know, I'm, no, Dad, I didn't steal nothing. And then there are three guys in suits come walking toward me, and they're like, Mr. Cooley, we don't mean to embarrass you right now, but the things that you've done for your community and stuff, we would like to pay for your groceries right wow, now. Man. That happened three times. Three different times, I was like, wow, research, I love you. Right, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You've been going into places and people giving you half price off on a guitar that costs a thousand, I get it for four or five hundred bucks. Wow, that's awesome. I was like, wow. Uh, but when I screwed up and told everybody I was leaving the scene and going back to drugs, they, uh, they were taking the, the, the guitars down. The they, stuff, yeah. yeah, they were like, right. yeah, it was like watching Tommy, Tommy Morrison. Yeah fall from yeah. the spiral and I, me and Tommy were friends I tattooed Tommy even after they said he had it. And, and from what I understand about that that he never even had it mm. they never even tested him for it mm. he died of leukemia which is a blood disorder which is, and his wife is out doing a march on it right now wow. uh, so his story his, the story of Tommy can be heard when people ask me to tattoo on him and like you know it's a celebrity but he's got HIV I said dude I'm a professional Right. I know I'm not gonna be poking myself with his needles afterwards, yeah. you know. Yeah. I wear gloves, man. I mean, he was a great guy, man. I mean, he was a really, really cool dude. Yeah. One of the coolest dudes out of Oklahoma, I have to say. Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. He was, yeah, he was cool. Well, Plus, he got to hang with the great Sly Stallone. Uh, yeah, <laughs> he's my hero, dude. Who was who was in <laughs> Tulsa not too long ago during Tulsa, the summer? Tulsa King, yeah. Tulsa King, yeah. And that's that movie's doing. Or that show's doing really well right oh, it's now. Doing yeah. Great. Yeah. yeah, I haven't yeah. seen it yet, but yeah. My my youngest was an extra in that. All I know is my, my guitar player got tattooed by this guy named Leosifer, who's known worldwide from Paris. He, my, my guitarist got money, and so he flew this guy in five sessions in, into America. Well, one of those times, they're at a place, uh, a convention doing it, and he says this entourage of huge dudes come walking up at the foot of the bed where he's laying. And he says, all of a sudden, they part ways, and there's little Stallone comes out. He's a little big. And he said, Stallone, dude, Italian Stallion, Rocky, was standing at the foot of my bed, dude. And so <laughs> so you see these pictures of his phone. He's got like down here, like this, uh, of these crazy blurred pictures of right. Stallone talking to the tattoo artist because the tattoos are artists. And he's like supposedly one of the biggest fans. He's got the biggest collection of Stallone stuff. Wow. And, so he, and Stallone heard that he, he wanted some tattoo work by him, but he, he also heard this. So he brought him all these cool gifts and stuff. He said, awesome. he said, this, he said, Chuck, here's a satanic looking dude with crazy dreads and horns and stuff, uh, you know, skin fragments coming out of his head and uh, crying like a little baby because here he finally gets to meet Stallone. Right, he could right. barely tattoo me. He was all shaking all over the place. <laughs> I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah that's pretty cool. Well, let's do this again, Chuck. Cool, cool. Let's do it yeah, again, man. You, you got to hear some stories I had about Robert England and stuff I have. Oh, yeah, uh, shoot, uh, man. That's... Elvira and, and, and Oh yeah, Michael Austin Green and all these famous stars I got to party with, and these little stories that I have with them uh, are pretty cool. They're priceless. Yeah. They're, yeah. No, I'm 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 all in on that. We'll we'll do it soon too. Cool, cool. We'll do it soon. Thank you so much for your show, man. I love it, and I'll promote the hell out of it. As as Chuck Cooley, everybody, you guys go look him up, uh, follow him. Uh, he's on the social medias, Instagram. Uh, all that, all YouTube, that good stuff. YouTube, yeah, yeah. Go, go like all that stuff, and then um, just spell Chuck right. Yeah, one C. One C. Um, with a K on the end, so so, yeah. so go look it up and then shoot us a message 
And uh, if you've got something that you want us to relay to Chuck, let us know, and we'll certainly do that. All right? Thanks, everybody. Fist raise high.